0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: After the Baker Mayfield trade, what do the 49ers do with Jimmy Garoppolo now? Aaron Judge is having a monster season, but will he even be a Yankee next season? And if you miss the Kings and Magic playing basketball, you missed the best summer league game ever. No, seriously. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports, you're locked on sports today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. With Baker Mayfield now in Carolina, the last quarterback domino to fall. Looks like it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Will that domino fall at all? Joining me, I didn't mean to go to Dr. Seuss' place there, but we're going we're gonna to deal with it anyway. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. And Brian, I know you will go with me on this journey to Dr. Seuss land because Jimmy G, where is he? Where is he going? I, I ruined it. But did
2: they miss the boat here with Jimmy G? No, they didn't miss the boat because there was no boat to be missed once he opted to have surgery and I think there was Jimmy Garoppolo might be in Washington already or in Indianapolis already there were some talks that were pretty far down the road according to John Lynch and I think the 49ers were surprised that Jimmy Garoppolo elected to get that surgery but he had to get he had to make that decision so he could be getting cleared right now before training camp which was the idea and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent Don Yee fought that teams wouldn't care that much, and he'd still be somewhere else, and that wasn't able to be facilitated. So now the 49ers, there's an injury guarantee for Jimmy Garoppolo, so there was no, they weren't going to cut him or anything, and if a team wanted to come and, and trade for his contract, then they would do that. But once Jimmy Garoppolo, and it sounds like he's throwing now, and he'll, he'll be cleared at some point, I think, before training camp, once he's cleared, the question now is, does that open up the door for a team? To have him in, he can pass a physical. Could they facilitate a trade? Or will the 49ers at that point say, okay, now there's no injury guarantee. We can just release him and he can go sign with, uh, you know, hated rival Seahawks or the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I think he's a perfect fit for the Browns. For Stefanski's offense, already knows the terminology. Uh, I, I think most people would believe that he's a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. But we have to wait for maybe one more domino of the Deshaun Watson suspension first before the so the Browns actually know exactly what they're doing at quarterback and if it's a year suspension I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just the natural fit there and then obviously money draft picks those types of things would have to be figured out I still think in the end the most beneficial thing for the 49ers is just utilizing that 25 million because this isn't like Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold where there's guaranteed money the the 49ers can Get $25 million in cap space that they can roll over to next year when they got to start paying Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa? I think this is the question with the 49ers because Jimmy Garoppolo is
1: a financially different situation than Baker Mayfield was in Cleveland because of the money the 49ers can save by simply cutting him once he is physically ready to go. So, how much do you think that part of this has been a factor for teams who are going, wait, why are we giving up something when we think that if we don't offer you much of anything, you're just going to cut him to save the money.
2: Right, exactly. And for any team that would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's they're not taking on his entire contract. And if the 49ers decide they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, they're not going to pay his entire contract. So Jimmy G is not making $25 million in some way. It just depends on what that way is. And does a team like Jimmy Garoppolo enough to trade something? And then there's a sliding scale. What if... The, the Browns say we want you to pay $9 million of Jimmy Garoppolo's salary. What's that? What's not? It's you're basically paying, you're buying draft picks at that point. So, what's, you know, is that is $9 million of, of cap space that you're losing worth a third round pick, you know? Uh, so, and the 49ers have all along talked about how they really like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a good quarterback. You don't give away good starting quarterbacks for nothing. I feel like they're selling that in a way to let teams know that they're not going to cut him. But I think in the end, they will end up cutting him. And I think they would also very much not like him to go to the Seattle Seahawks. So if they can facilitate something there and make sure he goes to non-Seahawks, they would probably prefer to do that. Brian and co-host Eric Crocker will be all over what the 49ers eventually do with Jimmy G.
1: You can find Locked On 49ers everywhere you get podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, can the New York Yankees... Hang on to Aaron Judge after this meteoric season. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Let's look at some early 49ers lines. Bet Online currently has the 49ers win total at 9.5. The over is slightly favored, minus 140. As you may have guessed, the 49ers are not the favorites to win the NFC West. They are right behind the Rams. Online has the San Francisco odds at plus 215 to win the division. And BetOnline has Trey Lance's touchdown over-under set at 22.5 with the odds minus 114 either way. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Novak Djokovic won his fourth straight Wimbledon on Sunday. He defeated Nick Kyrgios, who advanced to the final after Rafael Nadal was forced to retire due to injury. This is the seventh overall Wimbledon title for the Joker. He is now one away from Roger Federer's all-time Wimbledon mark with eight and trails only Nadal in slam titles at 22. Djokovic will be unable to match Nadal's mark at the upcoming U.S. Open, however, at least for now. He decided against vaccination for COVID-19 and, for the moment, is not allowed to make the trip to New York for the major. He also missed this year's Australian Open for the same reason. The Major League Baseball All-Star rosters were announced Sunday evening with a few notables like Shohei Ohtani and the Contreras brothers. Ohtani was selected to the American League team as the designated hitter and as a pitcher for the second consecutive season. William Contreras of the Atlanta Braves replaces Bryce Harper on the NL roster due to injury. He will play the DH spot and will join his brother, Wilson Contreras, the NL's catcher. This is the first time since 1992 that brothers have been named to the all-star team when Sandy Alomar Jr. and Roberto Alomar started for the American League. And in the baseball universe, the Baltimore Orioles are on quite a run. You read that right. You heard that right. The Baltimore Orioles are on quite a run and have matched their longest winning streak in 17 years after sweeping a four-game series with Otani's Angels.
3: That is not just a sweep. That is a mop of the Los Angeles Angels as the Orioles win all four on the weekend. They've now won eight in a row, their longest winning streak since 2005. The Bucks show Walter Orioles never had a winning streak this long. Connor Newcomb here, host of Locked on Orioles as the O's lock it down on Sunday. And listen, even over this eight game winning streak, there's been a lot of one run wins and the offense has not been carrying them. It's been starting pitching in the bullpen. Now, it's not like the Orioles came up with some crazy big hits. They did not hit a home run in this game but nine runs in this one was plenty to win the game took advantage of some angels mistakes and really this team found multiple different ways to win over this eight game winning streak and over this four game sweep over the angels as they win it nine to five on sunday to make it eight in a row this is fun the o's are one game under 500 they could be just two games back of a playoff spot Enjoy it, Birdland. Enjoy it. And I'll recap all the weekend action on Monday's episode of the Locked On Orioles Podcast.
1: Imagine if that team were good with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, but they're just mm, kind of meh. Meanwhile, the Orioles division rival Rays ran into a buzzsaw in the C- Wait, am I reading
0: this right? In the Cincinnati Reds? Tyler Stevenson returns, and the Cincinnati Reds sweep the Tampa Bay Rays. Coincidence? I think not. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds Podcast, here to tell you about the fact that the Cincinnati Reds play their best baseball Of the year this past weekend, at least so far. Hopefully, they'll play better more often, but they get their man back. Tyler Stevenson comes off the IL for this weekend series, and the lineup absolutely reawakens and does some good damage when they needed to in a couple of key moments. Of course, the balk off happened, but then you also had the walk off last night from Nixon Zell, and with Nixon Zell, Kyle Farmer, and Joey Votto out of the lineup on Sunday, the Reds scored. 10 runs thanks to a third inning that was absolutely phenomenal you had jonathan india and tyler stevenson hitting a homer in the same inning and not to be outdone mike Mustakis. Finally getting his 200th career home run. This man has been much maligned, especially by the Lockdown Reds podcast for his performance this year. But man, we are happy for Moose today, hitting that 200th career homer. We're going to put this series and really these last eight days that have been phenomenal for this team into perspective. Because let's not kid ourselves, the Reds still need to be very active sellers during this trade deadline season. But this has been a lot of fun to watch this team win
4: is another story you need to
1: know he's leading the league in runs in home runs the yankees are leading the league in wins by about a billion they lost to the red Sox last night which i'm sure boston fans will be quick to remind us but aaron judge is having a year for the ages joining me now from locked on yankees stacy Gatsulius and stacy one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on is We have not had an Aaron Judge conversation so far this season. I have not heard a lot of Aaron Judge conversations so far this season, and yet he has a chance to hit 60 home runs, to have his name mentioned with guys named Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. Why are we missing what could be an all-time great Aaron Judge season?
4: And it's odd, too, because he's a Yankee, so he should be in the spotlight. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It is very strange, but you have the Yankees as a whole kind of taking away from his season. And then you also have Shohei Ohtani, who's doing both hitting and pitching. And it's kind of, I don't think anyone really stands a chance against Shohei Ohtani, but it would be nice to see Aaron Judge be in that same, you know, mention as Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. That'd be kind of cool because no one would have expected that.
1: He is the favorite right now to win uh, the AL MVP. Uh, The Yankees are the favorites, not just to win the American League, but to win the whole shebang. Um, I assume Yankees fans would take the title over the adulation. Am I incorrect in assessing that?
4: Oh, uh, yes. Yes. It's been a long 13 years and Yankee fans are, you know, this drought is getting, it's almost getting to the point where it's the 80s again. So yeah, no, they would take the title, definitely.
1: Put in perspective for me where Judge is in terms of Yankees, we love you, right? Because I, I don't know that Derek Jeter in the modern era is gonna is gonna have an equal, but this season, right now, what he's doing with the all rise, I mean, he's got the, he's got the catchphrases, he's got the stature, he's got the bombs. Like where is he in the Yankees fans just go nuts for this guy level.
4: He has his own judges chambers in the outfield where people (laughs) dress like judges and they have (laughs) it looks like a jury box. And they've had that for a while. And, you know, they didn't do that for Derek Jeter, but I can't think of anything that they would do for Derek Jeter in that sense. But yeah,
1: baskets, maybe.
4: Yeah, he's not at Jeter's level yet, but he's close to where Jeter was in the beginning of his Career, I think if Judge had more successful teams around him and they won, I mean, you know, Jeter started winning as soon as he got up to the Yankees. If it was the same thing for Judge, it, it would be comparable to Jeter. Um, but he's pretty close. He's pretty close.
1: So part of the the future here with Aaron Judge, and and I'm sure Yankees fans are saying, let's not talk about next year. Let's 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 deal with that after we win a World Series title. But we have to ask the question: uh, Aaron Judge is 30 years old. He is due a contract, um, and he has not had every season like this one. Right. So what what are the calculations here for the Yankees in terms of trying to figure out what Aaron Judge's future is uh, in the Bronx?
4: Yeah, I think we're uh, we're getting away from the really long, long-term contracts. And, you know, the Yankees are obviously going to offer him something. I can't see anything more than six or seven years at this point. But if he keeps playing the way he's playing this season, it's gonna be hard for them to lowball him <laughs> in a way. And um, I was kind of hoping the arbitration would have gone badly and then he would have played angry and would have really given them a reason to have to pay him after the season. But we'll see what happens. I'm expecting him to be a Yankee, but stranger things have happened.
1: He's also six seven. It's pretty easy to lowball him, if we're being honest.
4: Uh the Major League umpires do it all the time.
1: Stacey and co-host Abby Mastrocco will keep a daily eye on the New York Yankees for you. You can catch Locked On Yankees everywhere you get podcasts, including on Odyssey. Coming up, the best NBA Summer League game ever took place over the weekend. The Summer League can be a bit superfluous to some people. If you believe that, you missed out. And Matt George from Locked On Kings is here to hand you your latest case of FOMO.
5: No matter what I go out and experience in Vegas, I'm guaranteeing you it will not top. It will not top the game that I just watched. My heart rate is still racing. It's, it's been hours since the Kings and Orlando Magic game ended inside Thomas and Max Center, and I'm still not over it. What a wild game. I know Summer League doesn't really matter. I know the final score, the Orlando Magic beating the Kings 94-92, That doesn't really matter. What matters is certain storylines, individual performances, how Paolo Bancaro played, how Keegan Murray played to some extent, how two-way contracts, Namias Keita and Keon Ellis played, and we'll get into all of that. For these young players to fight for their dream and play in games that most consider meaningless, yet they're in a building with so many people, uh, the NBA fraternity who comes together, who just loves basketball and comes together for these couple weeks straight of nothing but basketball, that's significant very significant. So to be able to experience that environment in person was, humbling is not the right word. It was eye-opening for me to see what these young men were experiencing and for me to feel that energy. Now, of course, maybe I'm a little jaded or maybe I haven't gotten a completely accurate. Idea of what the Summer League is because one, this was Saturday, and two, my first game is arguably the greatest Summer League game of all time. Tell me, find another Summer League game that tops that one. Find it. Certainly, I've never seen a better Summer League game, but find it. Find a game in the NBA Summer League that is better than what we saw between the Sacramento Kings and Orlando Magic. I challenge you. I dare you. If nothing else, it'll be a push. They'll be equal because that
1: Kings Magic game was nuts. The game was great. The finish was incredible. I just want to add a little addendum. Keegan Murray has been awesome in Summer League. And the Kings, a perpetually incompetent organization, unfortunately, took a lot of heat for taking Keegan Murray. They had other options. And... Issued those options in favor of a dynamic scorer from Iowa who is not the flashy athlete, who is not the high-flying sort of superstar profile that we may be used to seeing or that some teams and their fan base covet. All he's done has been an efficient scorer, rebounder, playmaker, he says he models his game after Bucks multi-time all-star Chris Middleton, and he looks like Bucks multi-time all-star Chris Middleton. There have been highlights that I have watched in games that I have watched where I go, that might as well be Chris Middleton. And if he turns out to be that kind of player, all of that noise, all of that nonsense falls by the wayside. I hope that's what happens, not just because I want to see people get dunked on. No, I don't I don't care. And ironically, Keegan Murray, not the kind of athlete who's going to dunk on everyone and some of the guys that fans and media thought the king should take are in fact those kinds of guys. But Murray being a good player helps bring a franchise that has been mired in mediocrity for years hopefully, out of the doldrums. If that happens, it's really good for the NBA. I am cheering for Keegan Murray because I hate when we get so mad at these teams for passing on players we have never seen play for another really, really good player. I think a lot of people didn't see Keegan Murray play at Iowa. They didn't see him score on anyone and everyone. And they didn't see this in the NBA the same way teams didn't see Chris Middleton being Chris Middleton because he's not the flashy athlete. He doesn't have a mixtape that's going to go viral on YouTube. But he is an incredible basketball player. And I hope Keegan Murray turns out to be one too. And finally, Brittany Griner was the main focus of Sunday's WNBA All-Star Game. She was named an honorary starter, and in the second half, every player wore a number 42 jersey with her name on it. We're the most unified league in the world, said Asia Wilson, who plays for the Las Vegas Aces. She's our sister, and at the end of the day, we're going to do whatever we can to amplify the platform that we have to make sure that everyone does what they need to do to make sure she gets home safely. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your favorite team's Locked On podcast your second listen. Coming up Tuesday, who are some of the top names we will hear during the Major League Baseball trade deadline season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.